This is a diet of Brussels. Uh, what's in the uh, party manifestos for the general election uh, in relation to Brexit? Well, the reason for this, I think, is, is fairly clear uh, for talking about this, which is that uh, this is an election that was supposed to be all about Brexit, that Theresa May uh, wanted to claim uh, more of a mandate so she could go to the negotiations for leaving the EU with a stronger hand. Now, uh, I think I've said in uh, earlier episodes, there's not really anything to substantiate that uh, claim uh, as a logic, uh, given that the process is one that's very much driven by what the EU is prepared to offer, rather than uh, what the UK really wants. And with that in mind, I think it's it's important just to kind of... uh, have a, a sense check broadly about the way that uh, uh, the Conservatives, Labour and Lib Dem have framed their Brexit commitments. Because one of the things that's really quite striking is that in all three cases there is a, uh, a sense that uh, they haven't quite got the, the measure of this uh, process that they are in. So I'm just going to take these three parties, and I know that there are other parties. Uh, I'm recording this at a time when I haven't got access yet to all the other manifestos, but I think that these are the three parties that uh, uh, I think sort of sketch out the terrain of what there is uh, in terms of the the debate that we have in uh, Westminster at the moment. Let's start with the Conservatives, uh, since they appear to be uh, the ones that are uh, most likely to be returned to power uh, on June the 8th. Um, and clearly they're the ones that have already set out uh, a plan of action with the uh, steps that they've taken so far. Now, uh, the, the most telling thing, I think, from uh, the manifesto that the Tories have produced is that there really isn't very much uh, detail or elaboration. In fact, there's no detail or elaboration on what has already been uh, produced. So this is a, a no-change option from uh, what's already out there. key thing I, I really take from what they uh, offer is, uh, again, this reiteration of the concept of no deal is better than a bad deal. Now, uh, we know that the government has not got a fully uh, sketched out, or even more than sketched out, uh, understanding of what uh, any uh, kind of deal uh, or no deal looks like. So the ability of the government to know what constitutes a good deal, uh, a bad deal, or indeed no deal, uh, appears to be uh, rather limited. And the manifesto here doesn't say what is intended. It says, you know, we want to have a... We want to have a deal uh, that it's going to be tough and there's going to be give and take on both sides, um, but nothing really uh, beyond that. Now, importantly in this uh, is something which I, I, I note in the, the various commitments in the section that the, uh, the Tories have uh, put under the, the Brexit heading, which is that whilst there's a whole load of uh, things that will be sought, there is nothing that constitutes a measurable commitment with one exception, and that is keeping the common travel area uh, with uh, the Irish Republic. Everywhere else it talks about pursuing things or securing things, or it uses vague language like uh, 
having control of our own laws. Now, uh, all of this taken together really suggests that uh, the Tories' plan is one of uh, generating freedom of manoeuvre in the negotiations, that uh, there isn't a defined plan, a defined outcome, but rather there is uh, a desire to keep as much space free. And that's very much consistent with Theresa May's actions uh, up until now, that she's sought to uh, avoid uh, restrictions from her party, from Parliament, from uh, anyone else, and uh, just... uh, get this through and then work out how to uh, live with it at the end. Now, in all of this, uh, it's clear that the uh, the Tories are looking for a relatively hard uh, break, that they want to be outside of the single market. They now say they want to be outside of the customs union, which seems to be a, a slight hardening of their language, that there, there hadn't been that clarity about the customs union before. And an acceptance that there's going to have to be some kind of financial situa- settlement um, uh, and possibly uh, uh, there might be some transitional arrangements, although this last point is something that's not spelled out in any detail. So if the Tories are about creating freedom of uh, manoeuvre for negotiations and about heading towards a, a relatively hard outcome, the, t- the Labour manifesto really takes a, a slightly different p- position in that it, it seeks uh, it still seeks Brexit, but it seeks uh, a soft Brexit. It wants to be relatively close. It wants to have the benefits. It wants to retain the benefits of the single market and the customs union. Although, tellingly and importantly, it doesn't actually say it wants to be inside both or either of those two things. Now, the... the The key distinction from the Tories is firstly that Labour say that they will reject no deal as a viable option, that uh, there's uh, a clear commitment that if they can't reach a deal, that then they won't uh, accept that. But uh, this really uh, highlights again the, the, the limited understanding of how the system works. The way Article 50 is structured, if you get to the end of the two years and there's no deal, then the UK will leave. Um, And it's not up to the UK to decide that more time is needed or that there should be a deal unilaterally. It has to be agreed mutually with the other 27 member states. So if there's not that uh, uh, mutual agreement, then uh, the UK falls out whatever the Labour government wants. So uh, the language here in the manifesto, in the Labour manifesto, is very confusing. It talks about, well, if we don't have a deal, we'll have a, a transitional arrangement uh, to avoid a cliff edge. Uh, but that's not really what a, a transitional arrangement is. It's either an extension of the original time, in which case the UK is still a member, uh, or it's a transitional arrangement which suggests that there has been agreement reached already. So uh, Labour's really trying to do two different things at the same time and not really succeeding in either. It's trying to make sure that the process doesn't lead to a hard outcome. At the same time, it is trying to uh, uh, ensure that there's a a good deal that uh, does more in the way of prioritising jobs, living standards, which are the two kind of headline goals that are there. Now, if Labour do... uh, 
pursue this then what they're looking for is uh, a much closer relationship as I've said they want to have lots of cooperation in different areas and uh, they uh, really talk about a much more close relationship than the conservatives are at the same time curiously it also says that there's a that freedom of movement will end when we leave the EU now uh, that's not compatible with being members of the single market because if you're in the single market then you have the four freedoms uh, which means that there will be freedom of movement uh, when we leave the EU. Now uh, this inconsistency is not explored or debated any further um, and uh, it's uh, another example I think of the inconsistency that the that, that Labour have come up with. Likewise uh, there is uh, a sense that uh, Whilst the Labour would immediately guarantee EU nationals' rights in the UK, uh, it says we will secure reciprocal rights for UK nationals in the EU. But uh, this really again goes against what the EU has already said, which is that until there is a final deal, there is no partial deal. So you can't sort of do bits here and there and that they're already agreed. It's rather that you, you might reach some provisional agreements, but until you reach a, a global deal, you haven't uh, agreed everything. Labour then mark a step towards a much closer relationship, but uh, with a number of uh, inconsistencies and confusions uh, that exist. The Liberal Democrats are again uh, another step closer in the, the kind of relationship that they want with the EU. There's not very much in their manifesto about the kind of the procedure. The one thing that is there that does stand out is uh, a commitment to a second referendum at the end of the negotiations. Now, as far as is clear from the manifesto, and it's not entirely clear, that referendum would offer two choices. It would either be the deal that uh, a Lib Dem government had uh, agreed, or that the UK would remain as a member. Now, uh, We've certainly had this discussion on this podcast many times over the past uh, oh, nearly two years now, uh, over two years, gosh, um, that uh, there's a question, if you start Article 50, can you stop Article 50? Now, my, my own view would be that yes, uh, you're a member until you're not a member, and if, a, if a, a country did decide it wanted to stop leaving, then it would be within its rights to unilaterally decide that. Certainly, if everyone agreed that the UK wasn't going to leave anymore then that would be no problem at all that's uh, a political decision and in the system of the EU politics trumps law pretty much every time but it raises a, a conundrum because uh, what Lib Dems are saying is that there should be a very close relationship if we have Brexit so that means definitely being inside the single market uh, definitely been inside the customs union and participation in as many programs as uh, as is possible. So, if you ended up with Lib Dem government, on the one hand, it would be saying, "Well, we're going to try and have as close relationship as possible," but at the same time, it also recognises or claims that there is no deal that's as good for the UK outside the EU as one uh, as the one it already has. Uh, as uh, a member. So it, it kind of negates the point of the process of having a second referendum because presumably the U 
Lib Dems would be arguing that we should be staying in, in which case there's no reason to negotiate a terribly good deal or, or a terribly close deal because uh, they would be advocating one that was actually just staying in. So, uh, again, a slight internal uh, inconsistency that uh, exists here. Taken together, what's evident is that all three parties are... Uh, remain nominally uh, committed to uh, the decision taken last June, which is to leave the EU. However, Liberal Democrats, certainly, Labour, more arguably, are all in a position uh, of trying to maintain as much of the relationship as they can with uh, the EU uh, in, the in the future. Perhaps uh, distressingly, um, depending on how you feel about it, all three have issues that they uh, bring up that don't seem to be consistent either with the Article 50 process or which set up a, a series of uh, perverse uh, incentives uh, at different points in the procedure. And this maybe is the, the final observation from all of this, is that while uh, this was nominally an election about Brexit, in practice this does not look like uh, a way of clarifying or resolving uh, issues uh, that uh, uh, exist and that will continue to exist uh, for those who are involved. So we're likely to come out on the 9th of June with uh, a government of whatever complexion that really has not advanced or clarified its position on Brexit any more than we already have. And as we know at this stage, that remains a rather opaque and uncertain position. Perhaps something will change as the uh, referendum uh, carries on, but on a past experience, I wouldn't be holding my breath.